and slide records. Get down. Uh, finna take it to the highs. Just get on up and get down. This is SBR. I'm Cliff. He's Joe. We're presented by nobody thus far, but someday. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. We're back. Lots to talk about. Lots of NBA news. We're going to talk about the trade NBA trade deadline, but we got to start with Joe's new crazy LeBron James conspiracy <laughs> theory. I'm, how many is this? This is like your... <laughs> We've done eight episodes. <laughs> Three of them basically have LeBron in the title. <laughs> I have a new one. It's not crazy. It's actually very. It's it's not even. It's not even that unique or. I'm just putting all the pieces together. Okay. Oh, like a detective, like a true I'm, detective. I'm just putting the pieces together. Not season two for anyone that listened the last time. More like a Sherlock. Don't put me in the true detective. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. More. I'm more of a BBC than a. Than a. <laughs> HBO. Is it HBO? Yeah, HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's HBO. HBO is all gritty. BBC <laughs> is like all cultured, you know? All right. So here's what LeBron wanted to do. Okay. Here, yep. Here's how he wanted to do it. Yep. Step one. Get AD to sign with Clutch Sports. Okay. Now that happened September 23rd. This year? Yeah. Or, or so that... Okay. That was the beginning of the tampering, right? Okay. And he can tamper all he wants because Rich Paul's... Is, you know, his agent, Rich Paul's his best friend. Rich Paul's AD's agent. They can talk as much as they want, obviously, through Rich Paul. Um, so that was obvious. Everybody was saying that when he signed, right? Yeah. Step two, get AD to announce he wants to be traded through Rich Paul. Okay. Yeah. That happened on January 28th. Remember, it was a Monday, like two weeks ago. Yep. It was the first bit of news Monday early because they wanted the entire news cycle, right? They wanted the whole week. So they started that day. There was nothing else really going on sports-wise. No, the Super Bowl was going on, and they dominated the the news. Well, but the Super Bowl was coming up, right? Yeah, it was coming up. Yeah, so they they, they knew dominated that they the had news. that time, but they knew that they had that time because you know it's people usually talk about Super Bowl post Super Bowl, and there's two weeks in between, right? The last NFL game and then the Super Bowl. Yep. It was the Pro Bowl in between, and that mm-hmm. is kind of the boring week, and that's when yep. this was announced, right? So that, though, step two, getting AD to announce he wanted to be traded, uh, people weren't sure if he was going to do that or not, remember? Yep. They weren't sure if he was going to do that this year he or not. He never gave any indication. He never gave any indication. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, on a Monday, right, on a kind of slow news week, mm-hmm. he announces that he wants to be traded. Yep. Step three. Now, I think he always intended to miss some games. LeBron. Right? Now, he, he actually did get injured on the Christmas game. So yes. that, I think, kind of worked out for him, to be honest. But I think no matter what, he was going to miss some games. Okay. He's done this every year, every yeah. season. He has yep. missed some games around the trade deadline, and the team has just, like, tanked. Like, they've done really bad. Yeah. Uh, that happened last season. He lost the game by 32 points. Mm-hmm. Leading up to the trade deadline, remember, and he was doing a lot of whining and a lot of like subtweets and stuff and a lot of complaining about his kind of like they weren't good enough, just putting okay. this stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he missed some games. I mean, obviously, he was injured. He came back on January 31st, which was against the Clippers, a game we needed okay. at that time because we didn't know the Clippers would go into the tank. I knew that the Clippers weren't going to make the playoffs, but. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else didn't know. Now, um, and then the next game, two days later on Saturday, he did not play the game at Golden State. Okay. Why? Why didn't he play that game? Was not a back-to-back. It's not a bad travel. Obviously, it's Golden State. I don't know why he didn't play. He should have mm-hmm. played. Now, I think he wanted to lose. I think he wanted us to lose. Step four. Distance himself personally from the young guys. Clearly that happened leading up yep. to the trade deadline. He wasn't really answering questions about them. He wasn't really talking to them on the court. And it seemed like generally he was just disengaged from the rest of the team. Step five, after he has to come back, get killed in a game. And like I said, he does this every single year mm-hmm. leading up to the trade deadline. And there's two LeBrons, right? There's the one LeBron that they always show in the finals. Mm-hmm. When the when he's mic'd up, right, and he says, mm-hmm. "Get on my back, right, like follow my lead. I will mm-hmm. lead us." 
and he does to his credit he does he's a great leader when he's engaged like that and when he does take responsibility and when he does lead by example but why do we get killed by a victor oladipo list pacers team by 42 points it's the worst loss of lebron's career why Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense It makes zero sense. After mm-hmm. we played well against the Clippers, he had a, 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 a maintenance day, and then he got, and then we got killed against the Pacers. I don't get it. Okay. So what is the conspiracy? So he had this thing set up the whole time. This was the plan from the beginning, right? To get AD this season. That was the plan. There was no, you know, all this BS about like, oh, we're going to be patient. This is just, uh, I remember all the, this is what all the media people were saying. And this is what we were saying was not going to happen, right? LeBron's going to change his game. LeBron's going to be patient. LeBron's not going to no. throw a tantrum. No. LeBron's not going to try to get no. the coach we fired. we never said that. LeBron's going to let these young guys develop, right? That's what all he the other people said. Every time. He never does that. He always does what we said would happen. Which is he he can only dominate the ball. That's the only way he knows how to play. He can't play Correct. off the ball. Correct. He can't let young guys develop. That's impossible Correct. when you're yep. playing alongside LeBron James. Mm-hmm. He can't even keep young guys. Every young guy he's played with, he has shipped out for a veteran. That's Correct. why every team LeBron's on when he's had that GM hat has always ended up being the oldest team in the league. Every single time. Mm-hmm. Like one of the oldest teams of the league, right? That's what Miami became. That's what Cleveland became because all the young guys they would ship out and they would bring in these old veterans. He's done this every single stop. He never endorses the coach. He gets the coach fired. He brings in his guy. Yep. So this uh, is. And that guy never lasts. <laughs> the, the thing is, people, they don't report on this. Like the media defends LeBron so much that they never. Okay, 2015, he took two weeks off in Miami leading up to the trade deadline. Right? It was basically – and the team went one and six. And, and it, this was just basically like a, hey, you better do what I want. Right? Like I could just for no reason just take off two weeks. I could just go to Miami and hang out with D-Wade for two weeks just for no reason. Just I need this you know, quote-unquote rest and rejuvenation, right? And you know how they report it? Like, oh, this two-week break rejuvenated LeBron. No, it didn't. He didn't want to play well leading up to the trade deadline. He's done this every single year. Does only LeBron James have a different biological clock than every other player in the NBA? Like, other players can manage to play well consistently through the All-Star break, but only LeBron James needs two weeks leading up to the All-Star break. To rejuvenate his body, the, the healthiest and most physically fit athlete in the league. <laughs> I don't know how he does it every time. I don't know how he gets away with it every time. 2016, he got David Blatt fired after 41, 41 games exactly. They were 30 and 11. He got David Blatt fired. And they went to the finals right before. Yeah, they went to the finals before. 2017. Um... Oh, 2017 was kind of a – it was a not super eventful. They got Kyle Korver. Um, I think they got Channing Fry. It was like a – but he actually really wanted Kyle Korver, and he set out all these subtweets complaining about his roster. And uh, there are these quotes that talked about how uh, David Griffin, who was still – I think he – so he was the GM then, right? And he would talk about how LeBron's um, – what is it? Like his demeanor or his attitude. He's been really down. You know, he's been really depressed. He's been really sad because he didn't feel like his team was good enough. And then obviously last season, the big trade happened. Mm-hmm. They got rid of IT, Jay Crowder, Channing Fry. They dumped D. Wade and Derek Rose. And they picked up Jordan Clarkson, Larry Nance Jr., uh, Rodney Hood, and George Hill. I think with all of this, uh, my biggest gripe is how does LeBron think this is effective? You know, like this this method of what you're talking about, this conspiracy yes. theory, is probably not even a conspiracy. It's actually probably true, like <laughs> completely true. How is that helpful, right? Especially for a young team, right? Especially for this Laker team. You saw how badly they cratered. Like just, they just collapsed into themselves like a dying star. Yes. They just, it, it, it hurts, right? Like, 
like if all of a sudden like uh you know i went on facebook and then everyone's like oh your podcast is so good but i hear you're trying to be replaced by with someone else i'd be like oh oh cool (laughs) (laughs) like that would probably affect me like i probably wouldn't laugh as much at your jokes i'd be like oh you're not that funny (laughs) you know it's it, it doesn't build the camaraderie it doesn't build the teamwork and this is what i'm okay well i'll tell you why okay here's why lebron james keeps doing the same thing because nobody holds him accountable because he never gets criticized in the media never ever ever does he get criticized in the media nobody's brought this up right do people bring this up and say oh he does this every year and by the way this is why he loses you know what though he does get criticized because why did he make that weird harrison barnes post do you see that yeah, he, that was weird. Harrison Barnes <laughs> got traded, and he was like, you know, don't be talking about, you know, you know, you know, players are not loyal, like franchises are not loyal. Doing this, this, like that was like a really weird post. No, but uh, yeah, was so, that calculated or was that just emotional? Well, I mean, LeBron gets criticized a lot by fans. He gets criticized a ton by the public. But this is, to me, this is a situation where, yeah, this is a situation where the media is not helping him because somebody like me should love LeBron James. Somebody like me who watched LeBron James play in high school, and I was really excited that he was going to be like the next great player in the NBA, the ne- probably somebody to take over um, Michael Jordan, right? At that time, probably we still thought Kobe was on the trajectory of being the next GOAT. And then we thought, okay, then maybe LeBron can take the mantle from Kobe and he can be the next GOAT, you know. But the problem is he entered the NBA and they called him the chosen one. Mm -hmm. He called himself the king, you Mm -hmm. know. And the media, they ate that up. Instead of, like, saying, oh, but there's things he hasn't done yet. And here are the hurdles. Like, just saying realistically, here are the things that he has to do. Mm-hmm. Right. They have covered all of his mistakes. They have like made excuses for him time and time and time again. If the media keeps telling him, it's just like the thing that you're saying, right? It's like, let's say on the other hand, our podcast is going terribly, right? And nobody's listening and it's really bad and we don't know how to talk well. But people just keep telling you, oh, no, it's like, it's great. It's the best thing I've ever heard. Then <laughs> all you're going to think is, oh, well, we don't have to change anything. We don't have to make any improvements. We don't have to try to get better. Hey, and that's, that's what that's... I tell myself in the mirror every day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's LeBron's situation because every time he doesn't win a championship, people just say, oh, it's fine. It's like, it's okay. It wasn't your fault. It was all your teammates' fault. It wasn't your fault. You didn't create – okay, okay. Let's, let's go to this, right? Remember this? So much hype comes from being around LeBron from other people. He has so many fanboys in the media. Even the beat writers just fawn over him. I'm like, we're playing basketball here, and it's not even about basketball at certain points. So I get why anyone wouldn't want to be in that environment because it's toxic. Especially when the attention is BS attention, fluff. It's not LeBron's fault at all. It's just the fact that you have so many groupies in the media that love to hang on every word. Just get out of the way and let us play basketball. Now, that was Kevin Durant's infamous toxic uh, quote, right? Now, think about it now and apply it to the situation with the Lakers. Yeah, it, 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 it is. That's that's not leadership, right? That's that's tyranny. Yeah, it's that's what it is. Like if he believes that he's this king, which I think he truly does, he gets to do whatever he wants. The thing that I will say that I I don't know if respect is the right word, but appreciate is that no player has ever had as much power as LeBron James wields and forcibly wields. He makes people he makes franchises fire coaches. He makes franchises give up on young players, give up on draft picks, gets the guys that he wants, builds the team that he wants, leaves them in shambles. He he does that. Right? You, you know, I gotta be honest, I haven't given LeBron enough credit. He is he's Arvin Sloan. <laughs> he is. <laughs> like he's the guy who's like you're scared of. 
but he'll smile at you and he'll talk to you in a very friendly way and maybe in his you know the the basketball version like i don't i don't think lebron i think lebron james is a very you know good guy like yeah. in real life right but yeah. i'm talking about in basketball terms before people get crazy and think i i like really hating him. no i'm not i'm not attacking his personal character i'm just saying in the basketball world Right, he is that kind of almost sociopath guy that like will be friends with you and seem like he's pumping you up and compliment you to your face, but behind the scenes he's just stabbing you in the back, right? Like he's orchestrating all this stuff so that while he's shaking your hand, the ground will fall from underneath you and you'll just fall into a pit called New Orleans. You know what's crazy? Is that everyone talks about Kobe as the dark, as yeah. the no heart, whatever. No. That dude was loyal to Pow all the way to the end. Yeah. You know? He's like, yeah. don't trade Pow, don't trade Pow, don't trade Pow. LeBron don't care. Dude, he'll send anybody. It's yeah. it's insane. And he's known as the good guy. No. Which Le- is Le- really interesting. Le- I think that's yeah. really interesting. I mean, LeBron is the He's he's Orochimaru. <laughs> he's he's like that bad guy, and Kobe was like Itachi. Right? He was like just straight uh, up. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. just straight up. Like, and guys were scared to him, like to his face. But he actually wasn't really a bad guy. <laughs> like everyone just thought he was a bad guy. Everyone just thought he was really evil, and he seemed like the most evil person. But if you really knew the whole story, right? If you really yeah dug deep into it yeah. you would just say no he's actually very principled right he's just sticking to his principles yes and they're flawed yes for sure sure but they not make the sense. best execution not the greatest method but y- when you look deeper you see something behind the facade of this tough whatever right yeah. of of this of this uh sociopathic fake wall that he yes. has but behind yes. it it's loyalty right? yes the, the reason why he's doing it is loyalty whereas lebron on the other hand he showcases loyalty but on the inside he's ice cold yes and i think that's what is really interesting about both those guys because i think to some degree lebron lebron basically built his brand that way and but oh. the ex but the execution behind the scenes or basically in front of the scenes is showcasing something different. And what's crazy is like LeBron will use like if you look at the path that LeBron carved to greatness, there's just a wake. Right? And it, like his wake is just a bodies. bunch of dead bodies. Yeah, right? There are bodies all over the place. Like he don't care, right? He just used them up. And once they were done, he just cast them aside. He's like, on to the next one. On to the next one. This guy's oh, This guy sucks now. Get rid of him. Ship him out. Let's get a new guy. Like, look at, he leaves franchises in his wake. Like he leaves cities in his wake. Not just people. It's people. It's bodies. But you know what's crazy? It's kind of like Orochimaru too. Is that people are still loyal to him even after he screws them over. Mm. Kabuto. <laughs> yeah. They're still like, oh, Lord Orochimaru. You know, like <laughs> LeBron Sama. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I will still follow you. I will still, Dante Jones, I will still speak your goodness. I will still tell of your glories. But it's because the law of LeBron dictates the ones under the law of LeBron averages, they're the ones that are loyal peasants. The one above, the ones above, they're the ones that fight to the bitter end and get destroyed. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, destroyed. I, you could totally see how Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kevin Love, obviously Kyrie, like they're very ambivalent towards their time with LeBron. That, yeah. like, part of it is like they love it, they're happy, they won championships, but then part of them is like, man, my career kind of got got messed up. Like my career trajectory got messed up because I played with LeBron and I don't really get credit for all the stuff that happened when we were together. You know what's interesting? Another conspiracy theory. LeBron's best friends never really played with him except Dwayne Wade. Like, and that was post being best friends. All of Kobe's best friends were his teammates. Mm. Roni Turioff, Karan Butler, Butler, Trevor Ariza, Fish, Pow, Pow. Like, 
which makes sense, right? The more you spend time with them, the more you become friends, right? We're friends. We were roommates. We went to college together. Like, you know, we went overseas together. We did things together. That's why we're we're best friends. LeBron's best friends didn't play really play with him. Right? He hasn't played with Chris Paul. He hasn't played with Melo. And all the people he did play with for a really long time, they're not really his best friends. Yeah. You know? It's true. So it's like people outside of the realm where he doesn't have to destroy you outside of the force field, <laughs> magne- magneto force field. <laughs> the only one that's done it and survived is Dwayne Wade. And even him, like he went that Instagram post, right? Yeah. It's kind of, it seemed a little bittersweet. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just, oh, I'm so happy I played with LeBron because I got three rings. It was like, I know that I had to sacrifice. I know that I had to give up some of what I could have been perceived as, as an individual player. But in the end, it was worth it because I won these championships. But it wasn't just totally like, oh, I'm so happy about that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's. It's one of those like, it's one of those like you you know you're like a really strong knight, but you're in a really precarious situation, and they say kneel before the king, and you're like, uh, I don't want to die. Fine, and you kneel, but you stare really like aggressively, <laughs> and the king smacks his lips, and he smug arrogance and smiles. That's what happened. That's what happened. He's what Commodus, happened. He's Commodus dude. <laughs> <laughs> and Kobe's like freaking Maximus. He's like, nah, yeah. man. He's like, nah. I kind of kneel, dude. Maybe I'm a Kobe apologist, but I, I like like him more now after this after this <laughs> discovery that I just made. I, I I can't believe he was so loyal. He's been maligned, but he's like this misunderstood warrior. But and he LeBron... did it to himself. He made yeah. this image for himself that he is this guy. I'm telling you, man, that – and look, the media, they're not going to cover th- – isn't this Durant quote like 100% just looking at the evidence from this season? Isn't it 100% true? Like isn't it obvious that, yes, it is toxic being around LeBron because he creates this environment where he never takes criticism. He doesn't really take responsibility for anything bad that happens ever – Within the franchise, it's like everybody gets criticized except for LeBron. Magic gets criticized. Palinka gets criticized. Right? Luke Walton gets criticized. Lonzo gets criticized. His dad gets criticized. You know, Kuzma gets – well, Kuzma's the one guy who, who survived this because he's got a little Kobe in him and he just seems to be one-track-minding it, you know, just going straight through it. But Ingram's getting criticized. You know, all these guys, right? Everyone's taking bullets. LeBron takes no bullets except from Skip Bayless who's just an idiot, who has no – like who has no um, coherent argument. He just, you know, harps on whatever little thing. I I think the fans give him – crap the media loves him but i also think players and ex-players give him crap too yeah but it's because the media doesn't yeah the the mainstream media paints the perception right and then either people are going to accept it or they're going to like they're going to react to it and either they're going to eat it up or they're going to get mad right because they don't accept it because they know that something false is being peddled yeah so so just to kind of finish finish this whole thing is this method of lebron <laughs> it is it netting him the results that he wants or not no yeah clearly not like the the lebron is too short sighted he's not a good gm if if lebron had a big picture vision instead of being See, he had this entire process set up to get who? Anthony Davis, right? But the thing is, in his, in his uh, kind of framework, he has to devalue his own assets because not only is he trying to um, – not only is he trying to basically screw over the Pelicans, he's also trying to do that to his own front office, because he's working behind the scenes against his own front office. They're saying, let's be patient. Let's test the market. We'll see what the price is for AD. And then if it's too high, then we won't do it. Right. right? And then we'll just wait till the summer, which is – that makes sense. That's yep. smart. 
That's a good approach. But LeBron is like, no, nah, I want him now. So why don't I miss some games? You know, why don't we lose some games? Why don't we not play as well as we, we, you know, we possibly could? Why don't we, instead of developing these young players, I'm going to devalue them a little bit. Even though that hurts them on the market, it's going to hurt them within our own front office. So our own front office is going to think, oh, these guys can't be the solution. So we really should move them now before they get even more devalued. Yep. But it makes no sense. It doesn't. He's he's basically uh, he's basically cutting off your legs, right? Exactly. But this is why you shouldn't cross pollinate between player, between coach, between GM. Yes. All roles have to do their own thing, and you should be focused on your own. You, you, if you're trying to do multiple jobs, you're always going to do p- poorly at all of them. Yes. You should just focus on your one thing. That Stan being Van said, Gundy. Tom that, Thibodeau, yeah. Doc Rivers. Yes, go ahead. They all fail. That being said, if LeBron was just like more honest about this, and he's just like, yeah, I want Anthony Davis. I don't care what you guys say. Screw you guys. You guys all suck. My team all sucks. I would actually respect him more. <laughs> I would too. That would be that would be the Itachi move. <laughs> yeah. Less in the shadows, more in your face. We'll be back with the trades that we had that we just went through with the NBA trade deadline. We'll talk about that. We'll recap them. We'll be back. All right, we're back, recapping all the trades that went down. First, we got to start with the Lakers trades. Anthony Davis is not on the Lakers. (laughs) The Lakers offered everybody and two first-round picks, and the Pelicans countered back with eight picks. (laughs) And Magic and Rob were like, what? No, no. Remember how we did that jokey, we're going to have to give up everything to get AD? It was like more than that. (laughs) It was more than everything. It was more than everything. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That was crazy. Um, So instead of getting Anthony Davis, uh, Rob went for Reggie Bullock (laughs) and Mike Muscala. (laughs) Congratulations. Congratulations, guys. We did it. For those that don't know, <laughs> you don't need to know. Uh, we traded Svi, we traded Beasley, and we traded Zubox. Our boy, Ivica Zubox, I got to pour one out for the homie. Was that a good deal? I was kind of confused about that. Was that a good deal? No, because the New Orleans were, or people were asking for Zubox. Yeah. New Orleans was like, you got to make sure Zubox included. And I was like, oh, wow. Luke and Rob, you did a great job in faking people to think Zubak is actually good. I was like, good job, guys. Good job. And then they traded him away for Mike Muscala. How does that make sense? Why did we do that? Uh, I mean, he must be on an expiring, expiring deal. That's the only way this could possibly make sense. But if he's an asset, like if he's a trade asset, doesn't that mean that we have less to give New Orleans for Anthony Davis? Correct. It does. So now our summer offer gets worse. What? <laughs> I don't. Why? I don't. Okay. Anyway. Because okay. now we got Mike Muscala. <laughs> uh, I don't get it. I don't I, get I, it. Sometimes I don't understand. Um, okay. Let me ask you. Will we get AD? <sighs> See, here's the thing. I don't know. Because... Boston has a chance to make a better offer. Even Philly has a chance to make an offer if they strike out with their group that they have and they decide to scrap it with Ben Simmons. Or there also is rumors that the New Orleans owner wants to just keep AD all the way through through the contract. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. That's just stupid. So the, they're like, you want to walk? Fine, walk. But we're going to get every mileage out of you and this team. That's oh my gosh, that's terrible. No wonder they're so bad. Um, okay, wait. Let me ask you this though. Okay. Did New Orleans make a mistake by not taking the Laker deal, the the super Laker deal? No, because I mean, 
you have to assume that deal is still going to be there. Well, I guess not because Zubak got traded. But you have to assume that deal is still going to be there in the summer. The Lakers are still going to want Anthony Davis. LeBron's still going to do conspiracy things to get Anthony Davis. So that deal is still going to be there. So why do it now when you're in a rush when you can take your time and weigh the other options? Huh. I think they did make a mistake. Well, I'm not sure what the final deal was. The final deal just two first rounders and two second round picks. Two first rounders, two second round picks. Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, Hart, Zubak. I think I think they should have done that deal. I think that's the best deal that they could have gotten. I don't think they're going to get a better deal in the summer. That that could be a possibility. There is, you know, people can people can posture and all this stuff, but sometimes people don't lay all their cards on the table. The best deal is Boston's deal, right? That's the looming one. The looming one is that they're going to put Jason Tatum on the table. Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, they're, they're putting their chips in with their – with like we talked about this last week, right? When is Danny Ainge putting all his chips in? When is he going to be putting his assets in? This is what he's putting it in for, Anthony Davis. That's, that's basically the offer that they're waiting for, to weigh that offer against the Laker offer. The problem with the Laker offer is they have nothing else left to give. Like this is it. Here's all the chips. Either take it or leave it. What would the Celtics offer be then? It'll probably be Tatum, Rozier, Smart, Brown, and a couple picks. Okay, whose numbers are these? Okay. 16.4 points, six boards, two assists, 45% shooting. I'll give you two guys, okay? Yep. Second guy, 17 points, five boards, three assists, 48% shooting. The first one is Tatum. The second one is Ingram. You know how I know? The assists. Because Tatum gets two. He gets less. He gets less than two, yeah. And Ingram gets three. Yeah. So Ingram's basically 17-5-3 on 48% shooting. Jason Tatum is 16-6-2 on 45 and a half percent shooting sure so here's the thing right for me he's in a slump year the reason he's in a slump year is because he hasn't taken that next level of escalation that people thought he would do after that tremendous playoff run right it's like oh it's kind of the same thing with donovan mitchell Right. Donovan Mitchell had a really great playoff run, like kind of taking over. It's like, okay, now what are you going to do with it in the next season? And he kind of has been on and off. Right. Same with Tatum. Right. Like he had a really great playoff run, kind of on and off. But everyone is looking at that playoff run as as who he really is and who he can be and not what he's doing this season as like a clear indicator of what he is. Okay, wait, let me ask you something. What do you think were his playoff numbers? Nineteen seven four. Nineteen point seven rebounds for assists. Yeah. What do you think he shot? Forty five percent. Here are his actual numbers. He shot better than you thought. Forty seven percent. But eighteen and a half points. So you were pretty close there. Four point four boards. Two point seven assists. So, but almost the same numbers. As his regular season numbers? Yeah. Not last season. Last season, his numbers were 14, 5, and 2. So he isn't a distributor. No. I mean, he's got... So basically, he's gone from 14, 5, and 2 to this season, 16 and a half, 6, and 2. So he's had a marginal improvement, but... I mean, nothing spectacular. I don't think his last year's playoff numbers were even spectacular. Yep. Brandon Ingram's gone from 9 points to 16 points to 17 points. His shooting percentage has gone up every season. You know, he has he gets more assists, you know, similar rebounds. Kyle Kuzma is actually, I mean, he was 16 points per game last year on 45% shooting, 16, 6, and 2. This year he's 19, 5, and, or 19, 6, and, 
you know, 2.4. He was 1.8 last year, this year 2.4 on 46% shooting. So his shooting percentage has gone up. His points per game have gone up. His rebounds stayed about the same. His assists have gone up a little bit. I don't know, man. Like, to me, Tatum's overrated. I think a big part of it, and I'm sure we could debate this for a long time, but I'll just say what I think is that a lot of it has to do with wins. And because Boston has been in more winning positions and they made the playoffs, then that you know, put Jason Tatum in a position where people think that he is a lot better than like Kyle Kuzma's Brad Ingram because last year they were the best players on the team and the team only won 35 games. This season without LeBron, they're 6-12. And... 12, and you know the Lakers as a whole right now they're only like twenty seven and twenty five. Um, I think that's like true. That. I think that's true. I think playoffs have a lot to do with it, right? That's when everyone can watch. That that's when everyone watches you, right? Right. And this is why I've never seen Bradley Beal because they're never in the playoffs, right? So I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you do, you know. But but if Kuzma had a chance in the playoffs, like you know, I'm high on Kuzma. I love right. Kuzma. Right. And I think if he had a chance to showcase his ability, I do think he's he could be just as capable as Jason Tatum. Like I think their their level of game is fairly similar of what what they're what they can do. So I think in the Boston package, you have one guy who will definitely be an All Star, Jason Tatum. Yeah, that's it. Yep. In the Laker package, you have probably two guys that. You, or you have two guys that could be all-stars, yep. right? Kuzma and Ingram. And then you have Lonzo, actually, who could become an all-star, but it's maybe less likely. And then you have Zubats, who could be a good rotation player. And you have Hart, who could be a good rotation player. Zubats, who could be a starter. Hart, who could be a rotation player. And they're all young. They're all cheap. You could have packaged that with expiring deals so you could even free up cap space. And... You could have had picks. I I don't think they'll get a better deal than that. I think the gap between Tatum and Kuzma is overrated. Like people are making it seem like, oh, Jason Tatum's averaging like 25, 10, and 5 or something like that. And Kyle Kuzma is averaging like 15, you know, 3 and 2 or something. When actually Kyle Kuzma's averaging more points than Jason Tatum. He's shooting a better percentage than Jason Tatum. To me, Jason Tatum is he's 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 like a California burrito. <laughs> what? <laughs> to me, because wait, remember, like, explain what a California burrito is first. Okay, you know, California burrito, it's basically a carne asada burrito, but you got the potatoes or the fries inside, you know, and you got the cheese in there, you know, it's baked in. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's like, I mean, it's just a little added thing, right? Yeah. And, you know, in college, it's like I couldn't eat carne asada burritos. I had to eat California burritos with fries inside. Mm-hmm. Not even potato. You got to get the fries in there, right? Of course. And it's so delicious. It's the bomb. And yeah. And the first time you eat it, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Where's this been all my life? Yep. Like, why haven't I been eating this every day? Mm-hmm. And we you used do to eat it every day. <laughs> we used to drive to San Diego because they had the best ones. Yeah. You go to Cody. Yeah. The first time <laughs> Cody. you go to Cody, you're like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. You go Sergio's, you're Sergio's. like, hey, this is amazing. And then you get a little older and you're just like, why is this amazing? <laughs> it's just not as amazing as I thought it was. I feel really full after I eat this. I feel kind of bloated. I'm tired. I'm, <laughs> I have food coma. I got to drive back home from San Diego. <laughs> was this worth it? And I think Tatum, it's like people don't know his actual numbers. If you ask them, they don't know. Yeah. Right, they just assume he was he was going gangbusters in the playoffs because they remember the one dunk on LeBron, and they're just like, "Oh my gosh, first time I've ever eaten a California burrito. My whole <laughs> life is changed, and this is all I'm gonna eat forever." But you compare him to those other guys, like the first time you saw Cat or Embiid or AD, right? Like like when you saw those guys play, you were like, "No, this guy is for sure gonna be an All NBA player." Yep. Tatum is a surefire all-star to me one day. But All-NBA, I don't know. And so is that really that much difference than Kyle Kuzma? <laughs> is that a big difference? A surefire, a surefire all-star versus a pretty probably all-star? 
<laughs> yeah. So, like, when I saw Joel Embiid, it's like the first time I had Oscars fish tacos. I was like, uh, oh, yes. frick, this is so good. Yeah. Uh. And, and that's one of those places, like, whether you get older, whether you're younger, no matter who you are, when you go to that place, whether it's the first time or it's the 15th time, you're like, dang, this place is super good. See, eating Oscars is what makes you think, I don't need California burritos anymore. <laughs> That's also true. It's yeah. like, oh, wait, why am I eating California burritos when yeah, I got to have this? You're like, wait, wait, why did I like this so much? Why did I think this was so good? It's like when you used to really like Norm Steak. Right? <laughs> like, oh, man, this is so good. This is delicious. 99 yeah, steak and eggs, T-bone steak and eggs. And then you have like a real steak. You know, and you're like, oh, this is weird. It's like pink inside. <laughs> like, why is, it, why is it pink inside? And then you eat it and it melts in your mouth and you're like, oh my gosh, this, this is an all-NBA player. This is what an all-NBA player looks like. Why did I think that guy was an all-NBA player? He wasn't an all-NBA player. When you're at Norms, you have to ask for A1 sauce. <laughs> <laughs> They have it already on the table. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's all you can eat sushi. It's just like all you can eat sushi. It's like super good <laughs> until you have real sushi. And then you're like, oh, you know, I think it's it's fine if I just eat like eight pieces of sushi instead of 50 pieces of sushi. <laughs> so the quality is better. You know, it's like it's fine. <laughs> this is good. <laughs> Oh, off the that's rails. That's Jason Tatum. He's, that's he's Jason Tatum. Sushi. He's a California burrito. He's really good. Hey, he's good. But yeah. if you've never had a California burrito, try it. It's really good. Is a California burrito really that much better than a carne asada burrito? <laughs> Is it I really? Should, I think I would prefer the carne asada burrito. You just have pico de guy on it. It's like way more refreshing. Well, you put Kyle Kuzma on the right team, and you might prefer him <laughs> too to Jason Tatum. Okay. <laughs> You put the right condiments on there, okay? That might be a really delicious burrito. That's all I'm saying, okay? <laughs> like we're just going a little crazy with this California burrito thing. Like it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to mankind. But you know what, Del Dips? That California burrito is not that different from that carne asada burrito, okay? You just think about it, okay? If you could have a, like two carne asada burritos and some tacos and some super fries, then you didn't just take that. This is going off the rails so bad. <laughs> you just take that and be happy with it, okay? Oh, God. Uh... You're going to come one day. There's going to be nothing left. Just taquitos. <laughs> That's all we're offering? Taquitos? Just three roll tacos. That's it. Mo Wagner? <laughs> Mike Muscala now? <laughs> You already lost Zubats. Reggie Bullock. Oh, God. Okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Does it make sense now? Okay, good. Yeah, now that you said it like that, I, I, I totally understand. Yeah, totally understand. <laughs> so the biggest trade that happened, Philly got Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris, no, sorry. Philly got Boban. <laughs> <laughs> and then on side dishes, Tobias. Tobias Harris, Boban, Mike Scott for Wilson Chander, Landry, Landry Shamay, Mike Muscala, Phil, Philly's 2020 first, first protected, <laughs> Miami's 2021 first unprotected, Ooh. and two second round picks. That's a good pick. This is a crazy haul for Tobias Harris, who's an expiring contract, by the way. They gave up two first round picks for an expiring contract and it's Tobias Harris who's been traded four times in four years. Does this make Philly the favorites in the East? No. Let me read you their starting five. They got Ben Simmons. They got JJ Redick. They got Jimmy Butler. They got Tobias Harris and they got Joel Embiid. That's a good starting five, right? On paper. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're all in this year because they're fifth in the East. They don't even have home court, but, you know, can adding Tobias do it? Because JJ's expiring. Jimmy's ex Jimmy's on a player option. He's obviously going to not take it. And Tobias is expiring. So if they somehow don't re-sign those three players, they'll only have Simmons and Embiid. 
So they're all in this year. Yep. Is it enough? I don't think so. Why not? I think in the playoffs, it comes down to the top-level talent. Unless you're built... Like, unless it's really ingrained into your system. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are only a few teams that operate that way. The Spurs. You know, um, Detroit. Those... The the oh four oh five teams. Most other teams, it's like they just have the top level talent is better than yours, right? And to me, Tobias Harris, he's not a top level talent guy, so he doesn't move the needle that way, right? If he goes there, he's the fourth best player. Yep. And so he adds a little something. I think he helps them a little bit, but to me, Jimmy Butler, um. And basically Joel Embiid, because I think that they're the two best players, especially in the playoffs, because Ben Simmons is limited. Um, they're not gonna be as good. They're not as good as Kawhi or Kyrie are in playoff moments, and so I still give the edge to those teams. Um, yeah, and I think Milwaukee. Well, I, that's just what I think about Philly. I I think the problem with Philly is that. They've already had four of these five guys, and they're the fifth seed. Yeah. Like They can't figure out their personnel right now. Throwing another player who needs the ball into the mix doesn't really help their situation, right? Mm-hmm. So I think if we were you know, playing street ball, no one had any te- team chemistry, did not come into a factor, and it was just like all one game, I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. Get the most talent that you can and make them play together. But you know, if you're going to win a championship and you're trying to contend, you got to trust each other. And if you're playing with guys that need the ball, it's tough. You know, it's, it's tough to, to, to make that work. I, yeah. I think you have to rely on your best player in these situations. But the problem is right now, Jimmy Butler thinks he's the best player. And Embiid thinks he's the best player. Ben yeah. Simmons thinks he's the best player. I don't know if Tobias is going to think that. That'll be interesting to see. But that that's where it gets hard. You got to have a hierarchy of what you're going to do, right? Draymond knows that he is not going to be taking the last shot. Actually, he tried to take the last shot that one time. That's why Kevin Durant got mad. That was horrible. <laughs> but you, you, you kind of have to know your roster, right? Yeah. You know, so, and I think right now there's kind of conflicting battles for what they're trying to do. And I, I think it's tough. On the flip side, the Clips got, a huge haul for Tobias Harris. We talked about Miami and Miami's cap situation, and they got their unprotected 2021 pick, Dude. which is really good. Really good. That's a great pick, yeah. They also are going to get their pick back because they're going to tank without <laughs> Tobias. So the pick that they were going to give the Boston is protected, lottery protected. So they're going to get that pick back too. So now they're opening up cap space for their Kawhi Hall that they're trying to do. They have a ton of picks to try to make a run at Anthony Davis if they so so want to. They, they did pretty well. They did very well. Um, they did really well. This was a great trade for them. They were going nowhere. It, it made no sense for them. I mean, they could have made the playoffs. I think, I don't know. There would have been some merits to that. I'm never against a team going for the playoffs if they can make it. But I understand their situation. They wanted to get their pick back. You know, it was unlikely that Tobias was going to stay or even I'm not sure that they wanted him. So, I mean, it just makes sense. And they got a great haul for Tobias. Like, they, he played really well for them. He was, he's been a journeyman. He's never been, like, that great on a team, right? But he was leading them to this playoff. It's like he was playing just good enough. You know what I mean? Like, not too good where they were really doing well. Then it would be like, oh, man, we actually have to try and just, like, make a playoff run this year. It was, like, just good enough to keep them on the edge where other teams would look at him. And they'd be like, dude, Tobias Harris is a legit player. That's what I was thinking, actually. I was like, man, I never gave Tobias enough credit. He's a pretty good player. And it worked. I mean, Jerry West. I think the Clips won this trade. I think they won the trade deadline. I mean, this haul was really good. I, yeah, I think I would say so too. I mean, it remains to be seen if they'll actually get someone in the summer. But that's true. I mean, they, they did. They, they've positioned themselves well. They set themselves up. Bonus Philly. They traded Markel Fultz. Markel Fultz is gone from the Sixers. Oh, what a run for Jonathan that's not Simmons. Sarcastic. That's a that's a real clap. I'm happy for him. 
first round OKC pick and a second round pick. Jonathan Simmons. Oh, man. Markel Fultz, which actually was Tatum and the Kings 2019 unprotected first round pick, which which the Sixers traded for Markel Fultz, which got them Jonathan Simmons. Uh, oh, when we when we talk about taking, this is something we're going to have to talk about is. But he, but let's just let's just talk about Markel real quick. Is he forever broken or not? No. Oh, I don't think he's forever broken. I think this is actually going to be good for him. I don't think he's ever going to become perennial all-star type player, but I think he'll come back. I think he has enough game in him where if he's allowed to develop on a kind of not not really motivated team, he'll turn into just a, a solid NBA player. His college highlights are really good. Like if you watch them, they're still really good. You know what his college numbers are? 23, 6, 6, 2, 1. 48% from the field. 41% from three. Oh, God. He can't shoot now. It's crazy. I, I think one of the things, as I was watching those highlights, and obviously like that's a very small sample size, but all those games that he was you know, having highlights for, the seats were all empty. So you come into an NBA arena, and it's filled with people. Like Maybe that is something with the yips that he's kind of having. But how do you go from a regular jump shot to a broken jump shot like that, the one he has? Like that to me, like I just don't understand. I have to believe, even though it seems funny and his, his agent saying it and his mom saying it, it's like really silly. But I have to believe he's hurt. Like there is no other explanation for why you would change your shot like that. You know, it's it's, you know, uh, it, it's like when Kobe hurt his shoulder, he shot left handed. Right. And. You you knew he hurt his shoulder, so he shot left-handed, so it made sense. But if he all of a sudden just started shooting left-handed, all of a sudden, you'd be like, that's weird. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No, I, I actually have some inside information. He is hurt in oh, the yeah? brain. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> it's mental, man. It's, it's... I just think he had to get out of that situation and... Dude, I mean, you're bringing up his college numbers. He had a triple-double in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> like, even if he can't shoot, he could still dribble. He could still pass. He could still yeah. play defense. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't get it. Like, I mean, Ben Simmons legit can't shoot. You know, like, no. you know Giannis couldn't shoot, and he's he's developed a little, like, mid-range game. Dude, I mean, Rondo could never shoot. He just made a buzzer beater. Yeah, Rondo couldn't shoot. You could I do mean, it. I I just think yeah, and he could shoot, so I think I think he'll be able to contribute enough, and you know he'll come back and be a productive player. Moving on to Toronto, Toronto, they traded for Marcus All. It finally happened. Marcus All is out of Memphis. They traded Valanciunas, Delon Wright, C.J. Miles, and a second round pick. Now I was under the impression that this was just garbage that they traded. But uh, everyone that I talked to is like, oh, no, they gave up Valanciunas? I'm like, what? No. I'm Stupid. like, what? They're like, Who no, Valanciunas, he steps up in the playoffs. He gets better, with, better in the, the playoffs. Who the said that? <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is Marcus Gasol. He was a defensive player of the year, Marcus Gasol. This Call is them not out nobody. right now. Call them out for our 35 listeners right now. Who said that? <laughs> Marcus all this year, 15, 9, 5, 1, 1, 43%, 35% from three, 76% from the line. He's got 24 million on the books this year, 26 million player option for next year that he's obviously going to take. Does this make Toronto the favorites out of the East? No. But I think it helps them. I think it's better than a lateral move for Toronto. Uh, so a lot of people don't like this for Toronto because um, <laughs> I, I actually I haven't really heard many people say anything about Valanciunas. Um, I think Marcus All is basically a better Valanciunas. He's he's Valanciunas plus. You know he could do everything that Valanciunas could do. He can when he's motivated. I think he could play better defense than Valanciunas, and he could shoot threes. Valanciunas doesn't really do that. Uh, he's better offense than Valanciunas. He's a better post player than Valanciunas. He can pass better than Valanciunas. So I think other than that, he's much better. Um, 
the thing is, what a lot of people have been saying is that their best lineup is with Siakam and Ibaka. Yep. So Marcus All obviously can't run with that group. But I, what I think people don't realize is in the playoffs, it's going to slow down. You know, Siakam is going to become significantly less effective, I think. I think he's good right now because he's on the break and he's athletic and he can do a lot of things. But well, I shouldn't say significantly less effective. I think there are just going to be situations and times where they're going to need kind of a bigger body inside, uh, particularly if they're like playing against Toronto. I mean, <laughs> playing against Philly, you know, Embiid. And so I think in a lot of cases, Marcus is going to be able to, um, you know, change that for them, and they're going to be able to um, exploit some of those matchups. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with that. I think I have Toronto as the favorites to get out of the East because I really, really do believe in Kawhi. I think he is the he's a top five player in the NBA. He knows how to win. And I think opposite of Philly, uh, the guys in Toronto know their role. Right. So so they know how to work it. They know how, who to run through. They know who's the man, who's the leader and who's not. And I think they have a much more balanced team and depth, a team of depth than the Bucks do, which uh. who I'm considering the uh, next, the other two people that I'm considering. So moving on to the Bucks, the Bucks got Miritich talking about depth. Yep. They got rid of Thonmaker and, you know, it's a three team trade and Stanley Johnson is somewhere. But uh, Miritich, what do you think? Does getting Meritich make the Bucks the favorite to win the East? No, uh, I think it okay, helps so, them. So you so you said Sixers no, you said Toronto no, you said the Bucks no. So yeah. who is your number one out of the East? I still have the Celtics. Wow. Yeah. You believe in Kyrie? Basically, I think all of these deals have not. It's it's all lateral, except for I actually think. Toronto's might have been the best for the playoffs. I think it's going to look like the least for the regular season, but when they get into the playoffs, and the thing about Marcus is he's like a legitimate, he's been an all-star. He's been a defensive player of the year. He's been deep in the playoffs too. Yeah. Like he's had, he's led teams to playoff upsets. Mm -hmm. And so like he knows what it takes to play well. He's not super old, like he's getting old, but he's still good enough. I think he looked very, um, he wasn't looking good because he wasn't motivated to play this year, right? Mm. Memphis was going nowhere. Yep. You know, he's the one guy that he's going to get so a huge really... jolt from this trade. Yeah, he's going to have a bunch of energy. He's all of a sudden going to be playing well. I think all his numbers are going to go up. He's going to be looking like a different player. And, you know, people are going to realize, oh, shoot, Marcus is actually a really good player. Like, I didn't realize how good he was, but now he's going to be a really good player. I know I said I didn't like him for the Lakers, but that was because of LeBron, and he, I don't think he would go well with LeBron. I actually think he's great. With Kawhi, yeah, yeah, he's a he's a passing big man. Yeah, he's a passing big man. He can play make. Uh, Kawhi also is more of kind of a like he's kind of just one on one. Like if you watch his offense now, you know yeah. they slow it down and he kind of isos. And I think it's and he good slashes. to have and he slashes. It's good to have a guy in the post for that kind of game. Yeah. And so I think he's going to help. Um, it's not going to appear a lot like a significant in the regular season, but in the postseason, I think Marcus is going to have some big plays, and he's going to be important. Kawhi is not a pick and roll guy; he's a pick and pop guy, he's a post guy, and he's an ISO guy, right? right? So, and he slashes, right? So, if you get a guy, a big man that can pop, a big man that can pass, and a big man that can help him get the ball in the right spots, that's huge for Kawhi. Absolutely, Humongous. and the Humongous. thing is. If you watch Toronto, and you know people say all these weird things, the numbers lie. You know, Toronto has a good record without Kawhi, but that's because Kawhi sits like when they're playing the worst teams, the absolute worst teams, and then they just destroy them. They run them out the building. So, don't believe that hype. That's all fake, right? When you watch Kawhi, when it's really important, he's been really clutch this year. He plays big in those moments, but they have no one else to go to. Yeah, like he's literally taking like like six, seven shots in a row. And I'm just like, and he's making them all. He does that thing where he holds the ball over his head and then he just chucks it into the basket because he's so strong. Mm -hmm. Kyle Lowry sucks. Like, this dude is not clutch, right? So he ends up becoming a liability. Fred Van Vliet is like their next 
kind of like clutch guy. Ibaka kind of hits clutch shots, but he can't create, right? And so it will be great to have a Marcus All where you could throw it into the post and get you a bucket. It's another creator, basically, another playmaker because Kyle Lowry disappears. Dude, that dude, that dude's broken. He just. He's got the yips for sure. Yeah, but it's just in the playoffs. It's like he plays so well in the regular season, and then he just can't step up when it's important. Hey, why don't you? Why don't you dislike him, and you only dislike Harden? Because nobody's calling Kyle Lowry the <laughs> second coming of Kobe, or like, you know, he's definitely going to win MVP this year. Okay, it's like everyone's putting pulling Harden up, so I have to be the gravity that brings him down. So you so. So even with all this Toronto praise, you still have Boston over them. Why do you have Boston over them? So I, basically, I have Toronto and Boston kind of in a virtual tie. I but, see. Yeah, but uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I honestly wouldn't favor one over the other. But I would say they're kind of equal at the top. I just think Boston has continuity. They have playoff experience. They have Kyrie, who's the most clutch player in the East, if not the NBA. I think the NBA. I think. And, we- yeah, and they have Brad Stevens. And Damian Lillard, too. Kevin and they Durant have great three. defense. So, yeah, and Boston, they, they're shooting the three well this year. It's like, I think there are a lot of things in their favor. Also, they didn't make a move at the deadline, but I still think Gordon Hayward can become a productive player come playoff time. And I want to give a shout-out to the Miami Heat, who traded Tyler Johnson and Wayne Ellington for Ryan Anderson. Salary for salary. They got some salary relief. So slow clap <laughs> for the Miami Heat. The highest payroll in the league. There are a bunch of smaller trades that happened with a lot of people whose names I don't even recognize. So we won't even go through them. <laughs> that was the NBA trade deadline recap. Uh, we talked a lot about Ingram and <laughs> Tatum. <laughs> Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll be back with our two for the road. Alright, welcome back. Closing this out with our two for the road. I'm going to start with my one for the road. The Academy Awards has decided to have no host for the Oscars this year, and I'm super disappointed uh, because... It looks like they rejected my bid to be the Oscars host. Mm. <laughs> if you didn't know, this is the email I sent them a while back. Wait, wait. <clears throat> this, this is the email. <clears throat> to the Academy. The announcement was made that the Academy has decided to go without a host. Makes sense, given the social climate for both the Academy and the potential candidates to host. However, an event without a master of ceremonies is like Denny's without a hostess. Pure chaos. <laughs> Which is why I would like to throw my hat in the ring. I am the co-host of the SBR podcast, so of course I am qualified. It's a publicity stunt, sure, but at least gives a lighthearted undertone to such an important night. Here's my addition. Welcome to the 2019 Academy Awards. Now please welcome our first presenters, Sandra Oh and Andy Sandberg. Thank you for a lovely evening. Drive safe. Thank you for your consideration. (laughs) Cliff, your 2019 Academy Awards host candidate. Is this for real? Did you really send them this? Of course I did. (laughs) How did you even send this to them? I looked up the Academy Awards website and the contact us page. (laughs) I wanted to make sure they were considering every possibility. Joe, what is your one for the road? I have two shout outs today. One is to Kevin Hart. I think it's, I think it sucks. I think he actually should have hosted. Uh, two is to the Academy. Thank you for not picking Cliff to host <laughs> the Academy Awards. I think you may have made a mistake with Kevin Hart, but you definitely did the right thing by not picking Cliff. Had you picked him, I would have had to deal with his massive ego. <laughs> which is already let's be honest it's already too big and i would have had to deal with that for the rest of my life i've been dealing with it for almost 20 years now so thanks everyone for listening to the people's pod giving you unfiltered and unqualified content every so week on behalf of me and Adrian, <laughs> like, like
comment. Thank you, Academy, because that just would have been unbearable. We'll be back with Cliff's whole family. His son, his brother, his mom. With more nonsense. Just all his, all his church friends, his neighbors, everybody. Thank you, Academy. You did the right thing. This was SPR with Cliff and Joe. Academy, you made a mistake. Hit me up, trainers.com and tell me where you from. Smoke out, choke out, we get off the chain. You can't wear many hats. You can't wear many. Hokages can't go out on missions, man. They're oh, they got jobs. The they got to do the paperwork, all right? Good jobs. Can't do everything. Come on, man. You don't Legend have free time to do everything. <laughs> he should have learned that lesson from the court. He tries to do everything on the court, but you can't defend five guys, and you can't shoot threes and get rebounds. See? If, that's if exactly. That's just philosophy, though. I can do everything. I'm the body. I have all the gifts. I can do everything. That's his. That's his vision. But read Corinthians twelve. You can't. <laughs> you can't. Can't.